right, welcome back to the Niagara Sports Hub with Mike Fisher. I am running solo today. Tim had some things to do, so uh, just running solo. We're going to bring Mike in. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Outstanding. Thank you. Getting ready to uh, <laughs> go from Dallas to Minnesota. I'll be at the uh, Cowboy Viking game on Sunday night. Nice. Well, that's that's good to hear. What do, what are your predictions for that game? What do you expect? Well, Is Zach really, going to play? Is Dak? It, it's and of course that's probably that might be the number one story in the NFL this week. What he said to us yesterday after practice, after he participated in practice at a hundred percent as much as they let him do. So, like he didn't do team snaps. He wasn't the the number one quarterback in team drills, but he did all kinds of stuff uh, as a quarterback and then just with the trainers and everything. And he said, yeah, I, I push myself 100%. I 100% want to play. I 100% believe that we're a Super Bowl contender. But uh, he said, it's not my decision alone. That yeah. The medical staff and the coaching staff are going to have a big voice here. And here's what happened. After he said that, Las Vegas took the, took the line and moved it from Cowboys being favored by two and a half to Vikings being favored by two and a half. Wow. Now, this is more your department than it is mine, but a five-point swing is yeah. massive. Yeah. And so I don't know if Las Vegas knows something. Uh, it's they, they usually do. Or mm-hmm. I, I'm quite sure of this. They heard Dak's comments and, and heard an uh-oh in there somewhere. And so we'll know more today. You know, we'll know more as the weekend goes on. Uh, I, I do think that they want to have their decision on Saturday. They do what they call launch practice on Saturday, which is kind of like, okay, this is this is the real thing. This is what we're really going to look like. You'd certainly have like to have your starting quarterback participating in launch practice. Yeah, so what exactly happened? It was like a, a, one of the last offensive plays that they ran. It was two weeks ago. They had the bye week to recover. So this is pretty significant injury then. Yeah, in fact uh, – it was on the very last play in overtime at New England mm-hmm. on the touchdown pass. He just kind of came down a little bit wrong, came down just a little, just the tiniest bit awkward and strained his calf and then limped off. And immediately they put him in a protective boot. Uh, that got everybody all worried, but it was just pre- a precautionary kind of a thing. By by this Monday, in fact, by this last weekend, the, the boot was long gone. And then he was limited Wednesday limited Thursday. Hey, maybe maybe he'll be listed as full today. Again, yeah. we'll find out on Friday and we'll find out more as the weekend goes on. Right on. And there was a, a great game last night, which makes me um, think that the NFL is rigged. <laughs> I, yeah. I, was watch, I was watching it with my son and he said, you know, dad, it's the last dance. He called it for Aaron Rodgers. Like they're going to yeah, they're gonna prop him up to no matter what. And he's going to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl and leave the Packers. But why is AJ Green blocking? Fourteen seconds left, no timeouts. Why is he blocking on that play? It <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't make sense. But uh, uh, Troy uh, Aikman also questioned the same same thing yeah. last night. So uh, there, there's, I think there's more blowout scores this year than there've been in years. Mm-hmm. But it sure seems like the the Monday nights and the Thursday nights and the Sunday nights. Are, are, you know, there, there's been a lot of national TV games that are thrilling and eventful for some reason. So uh, I think the rigged is called parody. Well, I say that because I'm a Bears fan and I hate yeah. the Packers. So, I, you know, I always... Right. Oh, I know. Gotta, I, I, I'm from Minnesota. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, so there's got to be a reason why the Packers keep winning, right? So, um, <laughs> Well, and of course, uh, if you have that special quarterback yep, and, and the Cowboys think they do, the Packers know they do, and the Bears no, haven't they, had one yeah. in almost your lifetime, 
Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. For sure. Jim uh, McMahon. Jim McMahon was a successful quarterback, not very, necessarily a great one. Yeah, very short lived, too. So, okay. yeah. and that's going back, that's 35 yeah. years ago. Yep. Right? Yep. Jim Miller. <laughs> I, I mean, that's a, that's a drop. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm not insulting some Bears quarterback who was great, but I'm forgetting. Uh, Jay Cutler. You no, know, sad, sad thing. I think Jay Cutler holds all the Bears passing records. If that, yeah. if that means anything about to your point about the Bears quarterback, you know the whole quarterback position in the last thirty-five years. So, if you put Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back to back on the Bears, the Bears yeah. are the Packers, yeah. and the Packers would be the Bears. Well, right? I think I, I think I read Andy Dalton. Uh, his stats over the years in Cincinnati would have broken Jay Cutler's records. Yeah, there you any go. Pa- passing. So that's that's right. Hey, listen, I wanted to uh, get into something. I know we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Uh, we were off a couple of weeks and um, reconnecting here. But um, right around the last time we talked, the whole Gruden email thing came out and uh, they asked him about it. And he was quoted as some- saying something like, you know, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I'm a leader of men. And it turned out that uh, these emails revealed that he had some particular things to say about, uh, you know, Roger Goodell and and some uh, minorities and some uh, gay players in the NFL. And it turns out maybe he wasn't the leader that he thought he was. And I was just wondering what you think, and you've been around a lot of leaders in sports, what you think it takes to be a great leader. And can you name a couple that you, you know, you're proud to know that, you know, you've been around? Yeah. Well, first of all, and this this will sound like a controversial statement, but if you just think think about it, it's clearly true. You can be a racist and be a leader. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the mankind history is full of them, <laughs> so it, it, yeah. especially in a time when we we didn't really. Uh, you know, I mean, we're dating back now. I mean, if you go back hundreds and thousands, you know, when when nobody it didn't occur to anybody that racism was was an issue. You, you just you thought what you thought, and that's the way it was. And you, you, you were wrong and you were hateful. And John Gruden is wrong and hateful. Yeah. We, we can go through and parse through, through some of those comments and say, well, yeah, but isn't that kind of, or yeah, but I see what he means there. Or yeah, but it, it was kind of funny. What, but it's, but it's hateful. Mm-hmm. I had somebody argue with me. I used the word homophobic and they said, that's not homophobic. I said, fine, just change it to hateful. Yeah. Uh, it, is it sexist? To have a Washington cheerleader come up to the office and ask her, make her, urge her, whatever, to take her shirt off. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, I, I think it's sexist, but if you want to argue that, okay, well, it's hateful. It's mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so can, can you be a, a, a hateful, mean leader of men? Yeah. Those two things, there's no, there's no uh, dichotomy there, I guess it would be the word. But certainly the, the best leaders that I know and that I've known in sports, and probably you're this—I'm sure you're the same way. They're they're people that are able to embrace everybody, motivate everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the best leader that I've ever been around of a team is Michael Irvin. And of course, I have my relationship with him, but I don't think I'm biased. I, I saw it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I saw him. You know, the rookie rookies would come on a bus from the hotel uh, and come to the facility. 
and then the bus would leave at a certain time. Well, you know, this some kid had missed the bus. Michael Irvin would go out there, put his arm around him, and drive him to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you bother that kid? He's he was a twelfth round draft pick. He's not even making the team. Why are we bothering? Mm-hmm. Well, it took me a little while to figure it out to to get him to help me so I could figure it out. And to paraphrase him, first of all, that's just his character. But also, if I go help all these guys, then when it comes down, when it's fourth and one in the fourth quarter and it's snowing, it those guys will help me. Yeah. And it it, it was it was really brilliant. If a guy needed money, Michael Irvin gave him money. Uh, and then, being the, along with Troy Aikman and others, being the best player on the team and the hardest working player on the team, that's the best kind of leadership. Uh, that's a that's that's a Michael Jordan kind of leadership where he doesn't have to work this hard. He could still be great, but look at him. Dirk Nowitzki is that way. Dirk yeah. Nowitzki led just by his sheer aura. Uh, and Dirk's, I, I, don't, I think Dirk probably never thought of himself that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you saw his effort in every single thing he did. And if you were his teammate, you didn't want to let that down. And that's leadership too. Yeah, I was in a hotel room last week, and in the morning, I was watching the Stephen A. Michael Irvin, which you predicted would get together. That that would happen. I did, and and uh, I just see Michael Irvin. He's got that smile. He's got that gregarious nature. And I know you're partial and you're close to him, but is he that nice of a guy? I mean, he just looks like one of those guys you want to hang out with. There's no question. Now, um, the cowboy critic. Uh, or the non-cowboy fan will point out, oh yeah, you'd hang out with him all right back in the day, and you'd get yourself in some trouble too. Yeah, yeah. And and that's those things are true. Uh, all all those stories that you heard are all true. <laughs> and and he mm-hmm. doesn't deny them. When he talks about his faith, he he very very frank about how he, you know, continues to wrestle uh, with with issues. And in that way, he he's not unlike the rest of us, right? Maybe not. Maybe we don't participate in certain things to a certain degree, like he did. But we all wrestle a little bit. Uh, and and what I said when he was going through his worst trouble, I said he will. As, as much as this has been, uh, you know, twelve tumultuous months or whatever I said and wrote something like that. In the end, Michael Irvin will do infinitely more good for the football team, for the league, and for society mm-hmm. than he does bad. Infinitely more. And yeah. here we are now, 25 years later, and I'm pretty right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, I wanted to go back to uh, kind of the Gruden thing, the the theme of that. Um, you know, this week in Chicago, they had the Blackhawks with a uh, former player that had alleged assault against uh, assistant coaches, and they kind of brushed it under the rug for 10 years, and uh, Joel Quinville was was uh, interviewed by Bettman, the NHL commissioner, and um, turns out that he did know about it. And he just said, today is, or this time is not good timing or, you know, have such good momentum with the team. We just can't deal with this right now. So let's just keep it quiet. And I guess my overall question is, do you still see this in sports, like this kind of good old boy mentality where, you know, like, this shouldn't leave the room, but if it does, you know, we're, <laughs> we could be in trouble. Well, we're seeing it with the Gruden emails and their actual origin, which is the Washington football team's front office misogyny. Yep. Uh, and, and the commissioner and Mr. Jerry Jones, too, are both saying, no, we, we, handle, we're, we handle it. We're good. 
We don't need to show anything. We're, that's enough. Uh, the commissioner actually is pretending that the reason he doesn't want to release more emails is to protect the anonymous, uh, right. keep, you know, maintain the, the anonymity of the accusers. Yep. Well, Mr. Goodell, you could release the emails and redact the names of the people involved. Yeah. Again, you and I have been around a little bit. John Gruden is not the only person in the NFL who thinks that way. Yeah. Uh, and and it's pretty clear that when somebody says, no, I don't think we need to release the emails. I don't think we need to release Mike Fisher's emails. It's pretty clear to me that that's because I don't want you to see what's in them. That's, <laughs> that, that's exactly it. So I think that, yeah, there could be a huge, huge implosion or explosion of, if they actually did release these emails, which maybe someday they will. I don't know. But what else we got going on? We got the trade deadline. It's not as big as other sports with, you know, baseball. Anything you see coming down the pike as far as uh, trades in the uh, NFL? I, I saw that Carolina does not want to pursue uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, yeah. That's the big one. And, and again, that's going to have reverberations around the league. If he goes to Miami, Miami's a much better team. The, the dark cloud that hangs over the Houston Texans in so many ways, at least one of those would be removed because that thing is a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Roger Goodell, why not simply announce, he's hinted, why not simply announce, I'm not going to put him on the exempt list, I'm not going to suspend him so he can play, or or announce that he can't. Um, it's not fair to anybody, it's not fair to any of the involved parties, that that including him, because mm-hmm. he's not been found guilty of anything, that he's dangling out there in the wind uh, as this guy that can play but can't play. Uh, that That one, I think those teams... Miami and Houston have the parameters in their discussions. I do, but I think I wonder if one of the parameters isn't. Listen, we'll give you three first-round picks uh, on, on a conditional basis. If he plays, you get three first-round picks. If he doesn't play, you get three seventh-round picks. That, that's what I would offer. I, I would make yeah. it conditional because yeah. if he doesn't play, you've got a disaster on your hand. And he he could end up going theoretically. He could end up going to prison. Yeah. And you've given up three first-round draft picks for a guy that's in Sing Sing. That's not a very good trade. <laughs> what What is the delay in this process? I mean, I know it's mostly legal stuff, but why is it taking so long for Deshaun Watson's fate to be uh, known, I guess? Well, I think it's sad and hilarious that the commissioner says we haven't had gathered enough information yet. It's been eight months. At least, yeah, longer than that, hasn't it? Eight months, yeah. Uh, it started, yeah, it started last March or something like that. This league, and I love this league, like you do, and and like you, the listener, love love the NFL, love football. But just like the story that you introduced a moment ago in hockey, the cover up is usually worse than the crime. That's the slogan, mm-hmm. but not in the NFL, because yeah. no matter what happens bad in the NFL, once we get to Sunday, we're all happy again. Yeah. Because we love it so much, and they know that. So all, all these all these issues in the NFL that they sweep under the rug, they stay under the rug for the most part. And even the most heinous, controversial, nasty situation goes away because, oh, boy, the Bears are playing the Packers this week. That The number of people who said, I'll never root for the Cowboys again because of whatever is in the millions. The yeah. number of people that never again rooted for the Cowboys after some incident is in the zeros. Hopefully, Roger Goodell with his two hundred and thirty million dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it's just more fuel to the fire for people to hate that guy. <laughs> right, right. 
lastly, I just, you know, we got a bunch of topics here, but we're going to run out of time. But uh, World Series tied 1-1. Uh, what do you? What are your predictions? What do you think about the series? If you're, you know, all, I don't have all, time. I, I, I love baseball. I grew up loving baseball. I don't have time to know yeah. very much about the details. I know this: uh, America is not rooting for the Houston Astros. I saw that the, yeah. the cheating sob Houston Astros, and of course in Texas we always you know there's a Texas for a, a Dallas versus Houston kind of thing. Now it's mostly them, yeah, uh, being jealous of us. But yeah, yeah I, I don't think in Texas. Uh, you know, un- unless you're an Astros fan, you're not rooting for them, and I don't, I don't think America is rooting for the cheating Astros either. Well, there's a there's a meme that says, you know, the country rooting for the Braves, and then people rooting for the Astros, and it's just that little red dot in Houston. It's not even <laughs> it's not even Texas. There you go. You know, it's yep. it's just that little dot in Houston. I don't know. I, I'm rooting for the Braves just because they've gotten close uh, a couple times. There is that, in, yeah. In the past, so I, I like some of the players. Freddie Freeman, uh, good player. Well, anyway, anything else you got on your mind that you want to bring up before we call it call it a day? If you're at the Cowboy Vikings game in Minnesota on Sunday night, come wave at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you going to be on the sidelines, or I will be in the press box working my tail off. <laughs> right on. <laughs> well, uh, have you been up to that new stadium? Yeah. Um, because I'm originally from Minnesota, every time yeah. I have an excuse like yeah. this to go sneak up there, I do. Uh, you know, it's the, the same architect and design team that did a TNT stadium for the Cowboys did that one. And so it's it, it has the same feel kind of inside, the same, you know, hallways and the same staircases and a lot of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it, it's smaller. But the fact that it's out from the outside is built to look like a big glass Viking yeah. ship yeah. is fantastic i love it to death so a buddy told me recently that you know the bears are thinking about moving to arlington heights a suburb of chicago and yeah um, if they do they might hire that architect that built that stadium in minnesota there you go and and they're talking about having an indoor stadium which goes against i think everything against what is the bears you know the 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 bear weather and the in the bad conditions and the snow and and i think Green Bay would be the only outdoor stadium in in the division. So, yeah, it, it as a it broke my heart when the Vikings gave up being outside. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, Bud Grant and all that. I just thought it was it was it was something special and unique. I know the people in Buffalo certainly they they take pride in that. They take yeah. pride in listen it. They take pride in the fact that listen, it sucks here, but we yeah. love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you get a team like Tampa Bay coming up to Buffalo. And it's you know twenty degrees. That might have an effect on old Tom Brady's bones. I, there you go. Anyway, Mike, always great to talk to you. Um, have a great trip up in Minnesota, and we'll talk to you next time down the road, All right, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, take care, Mike. Right, bye bye. This Niagara Sports Hub has been sponsored by Niagara Toilets, which are backed by a fifteen-year warranty and pre-assembled for a fifteen-minute installation. Follow Mechanical Hub. Mike Fisher, and Niagara on Facebook to get tips and updates throughout the week. Register to win a Traeger grill at NiagaraSportsHub.com.